this, along with every episode of According to Flint, brought to you by Pendleton Whiskey. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, a whiskey that captures that unique spirit in every bottle. A whiskey made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood glacier water. A whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That is Pendleton Whiskey. And that's true Western tradition. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. everybody, welcome to episode number 69 of the According to Flint podcast, flying solo this week as we head into the PBR World Finals in Fort Worth, Texas, and the end of the regular season as we crown a world champion. Uh, this episode, I'm going to take some time to talk about past world finals since, yes, this will be my last PBR World Finals, so I figured, what a more perfect time then to go over some of my special moments in the PBR World Finals, some of the things I remember, some of my, uh, what I considered to be the best one I ever was at. Uh, just share some memories, some clips, all of it, and uh, it should be a good time. So let's talk PBR World Finals past and what we can expect to see currently in this year's World Finals. But first, a quick message from a place of, a lot of PBR World Finals buckles. Here's our friends at Montana Silversmiths. Since 1973, the art of engraving brings to life the artistry that Montana Silversmiths is known for and is fueled by a passion for the Western lifestyle. Montana Silversmiths buckles and jewelry are more than accessories. They are stories. Stories of moments and memories shared through the giving, receiving, and earning of Montana silversmiths, buckles, and jewelry. Celebrate what matters with Montana silversmiths. Welcome back, episode number 69, and of course, lots of Montana Silversmiths buckles to be awarded in the next couple weeks, the PBR World Finals, where we crown a world champion, a world champion bull, a stock contractor of the year, a rookie of the year, all of the announcers, all of the uh, bullfighters, myself, we at Montana Silversmiths buckles. One of the special things about working at the PBR World Finals, much like working at the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo or wherever, there is just something about getting a buckle because every buckle has a story. And on the other hand, if you lay out, every buckle has a story. And if you lay out all those buckles, they will tell your story as well. I was thinking that the other day. I could lay out buckles year to year and probably navigate my myself through and take you, navigate you through a pretty good story of my career just by following the buckles that I've been awarded through the years and I'm thankful to be awarded. And I'm not a real buckle giveaway guy. I've given away a few. My brother wears one, my dad wears one, my daughters each have some, uh, but uh, something pretty special and most of mine, of course, from Montana Silversmiths. 1997 was the first PBR World Finals that I worked and I did miss one year in there. So I did some calculating, not real hard calculating. Uh, this, my final PBR World Finals will be my 26th PBR World Finals. 
How old are you? 24. So I've been doing them a while. 1997, the year I missed was the, and I have talked about this on, on my shows, was the first year that it moved to Thomas and Mac Arena. If Some of you remember, because I've talked to you, the first few years were at MGM Grand, which I think, I always thought was a perfect arena for it. PBR kind of outgrew it a little bit, but a, a classy arena hooked in, hooked to the MGM Grand, a lot of great things. We did a couple performances on, on the Saturday. It was through one weekend, I think five total, five total performances. Uh, Michael Gaffney was the world champion that year as Adriano Marias came in number one, but broke his leg before the world finals and Michael Gaffney overtook him. Adriano had a pretty good lead. Michael Gaffney had to do everything right in the last couple events and into the PBR world finals to win that world title. Number one, coming in with a broken leg. Sounds familiar this year, and we'll talk more about that, as Kaiki Pacheco broke his leg in Tacoma a couple weeks ago and just announced that he will be out for the world finals. So my guess probably will not hold on to that number one spot, but you never know. Maybe every other rider will get bucked off all weekend. So it has changed through the years. When I have conversations about people and the PBR world finals and just the PBR in general, I don't think, you know, people ask me all the time, when did you start with PBR? Well, and they always say, oh, five, oh, six. Well, technically about 1996. Uh, it was just structured a little different. The whole organization was different. The whole organization has evolved through the years. It, it started a, a lot like, and I don't think that was the end goal, but when it first got started, it, it was a lot like the PRCA, which is mostly the sanctioning body. Keep in mind, uh, you know, the PBR has transformed into a, a, a P, public relations firm, a marketing firm, company, an entertainment company, a media company, a production company, control all their own TV. So it has changed through the years. And, and of course, a bull riding company. And there are a lot of us now who are exclusive or full-time employees of the company. You know, back in 1997, the first time I had the PBR World Finals, I was just hired. The late, great Jerome Robinson uh, had me come and work some events. David Allen from here in Montana come and came and hired me to do Albuquerque and Kansas City that he produced separately before the, the PBR really completely took over all of the marketing and PR and production of those events. Yeah, I was more hired as I would be in a rodeo as an independent contractor. And so the whole structure of the organization has changed in that way. And so looking back, I was hired more like rodeos. They used all different people, and I was lucky enough to get the PBR World Finals. To show you um, or explain kind of how independent we were and how my role has changed and how my recognition uh, at, the, at PBRs or the World Finals has changed in... In 1998, it was my second year working the PBR World Finals, and towards the end of the week, they did a uh, section in the show where the bullfighters came up, and I think it was it was Joe Bumgardner, Jimmy Anderson, Roach Hedeman, and either Smets or Frank Newsom. I can't remember, but they presented them their buckles, and I stood off to the side, and I thought, so I don't get a 
buckle. I looked around and I think I was the only one not getting a buckle. The lack of a buckle tells a story. And I was not getting a buckle. And I, I kind of made a little offhand comment about not getting a buckle. And and somebody said, I think it was Bob Feist who was announcing, looked over at me on the microphone and said, uh, microphone and said don't worry, Flint, yours is on its way. And I went, yeah, my ass, it's on its way. So they just didn't get me a buckle. I'm, I'm not, I, I can't say with certainty that it was Jerome Robinson. But Jerome has passed away now, so he can't argue with me. But I'm thinking Jerome Robinson spearheaded getting me a buckle because sometime later, I got a buckle. This is the buckle that I got. Now, let's look at how the importance I played in in this. Let's leave it up there a minute, Logan. I'm going to point it out. First of all, it says bullfighter of the year. So obviously it was just made whoever called, which I, again, I think it was Jerome called and said, I need one more buckle. Just use the, the template that you have. So it's 1998 Bud Light cup bullfighter of the year. And if you notice my name is spelled wrong. So folks, Everybody looks at the end result and looks at, oh, yeah, the big time. Oh, you've always been this. I was a bullfighter of the year, and my damn name was spelled wrong. But uh, never forget, that buckle tells a story. That buckle reminds me of how far we've come, how far I've come, and it has a special place in my heart, has a special place uh, in the PBR. I believe my brother Pete has that buckle. I think he sent me that picture. So... Um, again, pretty sure it was Jerome Robinson and, uh, but yeah, exclusivity was not really an idea at that time. I actually became an employee of the PBR before I was exclusive with the PBR. Tommy Joe Lucia, who was with the PBR at the time and was my boss called me and said, we want to, how about if I make you an employee? So we'll haul you uh, some of your gear for you. Uh, you'll get a paycheck, you'll get insurance benefits, and you have to do, I think the first year it was 20 events. I had to do 20 of the elite, the at that time, the Bud Light Cup series. Can't remember if it was switched to the Built Ford Tough series at that time, but either way, I just, I had a three-year deal and had to increase the number of shows that I did every year, and then come 2006, I was exclusive. So there was a real gradual um, evolution of what we um, of what we were doing. Um, basically, we were all, it was run, they were run more like rodeos because we were all from the rodeo business and we still know we all came from the rodeo business. That's why when people talk about PBR and, and a competing organization, I never thought of it that way. The, the, the reason for, Remember the, the regular season always went from the first of the year to about the middle of May and then took a break and then started up the middle of August again? Reason being, most of the riders needed the summer off to go hit those big rodeos to try to make the Wrangler National Finals rodeo. That's why there was always a break in the middle of the season. It wasn't about let's give them a break, let them get healthy. It was because they needed to go rodeo. 
So the roots are in rodeo, and that's why they were run like rodeos uh, at the beginning. And uh, the the one one thing that's said a lot that I don't necessarily agree with because I have my own philosophy is the fact there were more good bull riders back then. I think there are more good bull riders now. I think there's just a lot more places for them to go. If you look, most of, a lot of the PBR riders at that time also rodeoed. So a lot of the guys at the PBR World Finals were also at the National Finals Rodeo. So I think now they're just spread apart. Look at the PBR has a couple levels um, of tours where we take the top 40 to the main tour and the top, the next 40 to a velocity tour. And at the same time, there's big winter or summer or fall rodeos going on. So I think there are a lot of good bull riders. I think uh, there's a lot of them spread out to different things. Um, This year's PBR World Finals. Anyway, as uh, through the years, of course, the PBR World Finals moved to Thomas and Mac Arena. Then we had a deal with Mandalay Bay. So we did split weekends then too. We did the first three days at Mandalay Bay, had days off. The crew moved the arena and rebuilt it in Thomas and Mac. They loved doing that, completely moving the arena in the middle of the week. Uh, And then finished the go-rounds the next four days at Thomas and Mac Arena. And then eventually went to one weekend at Thomas and Mac, eventually to T-Mobile Arena, the new arena on the Strip at Vegas. And now, of course, (coughs) Dickey's Arena, in Fort Worth, Texas. So this is our second year in Fort Worth, Texas, Dickey's Arena, and it is going to be a battle. Number one guy coming in, Kaiki Pacheco, like I said, broke his leg in Tacoma, Washington. So he is just, uh, as we record this podcast, he has declared himself recently out for the PBR World Finals, um, which I suspected might happen. And who do I think is a favorite? I was in Louisville, Kentucky, and I watched Jose Vitor Lemmy. So my favorite's Jose Vitor Lemmy. However, keep some in mind, the last few weeks, Cooper Davis has been out. Maybe he comes in rejuvenated. I saw him with something on social media that let's go get another one. So that's a... When, when Cooper Davis is kind of fired up, passionate about it, and really feeling good, you got to watch out for Cooper Davis. Uh, a lot of guys have a shot. Mathematically, everybody kind of has a shot. So look out. It'll be an interesting seven days in Fort Worth, Texas. The bull po- The one thing that is different is the, the bull power. 40, 40 different stock contractors bring bulls to the PBR finals. Um, HD Page leads the way with 20 bulls. Blake Sharp brings 14. Those are the two guys that bring the most bulls to the PBR finals. The bulls are different. Uh, I think there's a huge difference. I think the bull power is better. I think across the board, 40 bulls every night have the ability uh, to give a guy a chance to place or win the round. I think that's what different. what's different. There were always great bulls. Now there just is a whole damn bunch of them. And I think, uh, you know, it shows in the guys that with the war of attrition, that the guy's getting injured. Um, but that is a big deal. The best world finals I ever went to. The most exciting crowd involvement, goosebump inducing world finals I ever was a part of was in 2013 when JB Mooney and Silvano Alves battled 
every single day. One would ride, the next would ride. One would ride, the other would buck off. JB jumped to number one partway through the weekend. They battled to the last day. JB Mooney technically had won the world title before he rode his last bull, and he rode his last bull. Anyway, it was when the Brazilian section stood up when Silvano rode, and the announcers didn't have to say a word. They just turned on bad to the bone and stepped back and set their microphones down and let the crowd stand up and away jb mooney went best one if you go on youtube there is a 2013 pbr world finals wrap-up i'd love to show it on here but it was too long but it is crazy i got goosebumps watching it and that's the year jb and silvano battled best world finals that i was ever a part of one of the greatest sporting event moments that i've ever seen or been a part of was that world finals today I'm almost going to I'm going to reminisce a little but not um, not like emotional and whatever almost I'm almost going to show you what what I dive into not using a lot of examples but how I go about picking different things and how do I fill breaks at a place like the PBR World Finals PBR Finals is different than a regular season event because there's storylines through the whole show. So really it's about commercial breaks more than it is me being um, me being entwined and ingrained in the production because I kind of have to step back and let the announcers and the bull riders tell those stories. So it's about filling breaks. But I'm going to start with a clip. It wasn't about filling a break. It was an opening. So we're leading into the show. There was a time we really did some productions for opening videos where we like to tell stories or do something funny in one year. And I'm terrible with years. But one year, we did a movie theme where every night was a different movie. We got called, the Bullfighters and I, um, Frank, Shorty, and Jesse Byrne, got called to Vegas about a month and a half early. So we where they flew us to Vegas. We spent an entire day making a trailer, a spoof trailer to the movie Hangover. This is this this bit of entertainment is a pre-produced video that they used in the opening of the show and then it led to them coming in looking for me. Here is Hangover Las Vegas. Hey, if you guys want to go to Vegas without me, that's totally cool, man. What are you talking about? Well, you know, Frank and Jesse, they're your buddies, and it's the PBR World Finals. I mean, come on, Shorty, those two guys love you. Whose baby bull is that? Let's check for a brand or something. I looked everywhere. Ain't no one seen Flint. You guys, you guys even sure we're qualified to fight bull? Guys, the only thing important now is that we find Flint. Here's your car, officers. It's Wade. Wade from Valley. 
That's not going to be happening. What is happening? <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. That video actually was longer. That's like a edited-down version. I, I haven't been able to find the full... Uh, the full thing because we dubbed in Corey. I think it was Corey Kelly edited that dubbed in Mike Tyson, uh, punching Frank. There was just a lot to it. So the very beginning, the opening shot, by the way, I had great hair. Did you notice that the opening shot was me standing there talking to shorty, which is a scene in the hangover. If you're a fan of the movie hangover, which I am and was, you can match all those scenes and the way they dubbed them all in. That was pretty good. But the very first one when Shorty as Alan and he's standing there and I my eyes get big. He's standing there in a jock strap. He actually was standing there in a jock strap. And it's the first scene of the video, but it was the last thing we filmed like at eight or nine at night. And Shorty was plastered. He was hammered shorty was like I, my brother Pete would say he was piss limber they started with uh, i didn't drink during the day because i can't because i'm worthless they started with bloody mary's because we all were at the south point the valet scene was filmed at the south point we filmed we had to wait till the end of the day when it was dark to do the toast at the top of mandalay bay so you never film you don't always film in order and then we drove, you know, 20 miles out in the desert. And and, and that's where Jesse, was, well, that's not going to happen, where we're sitting on the car. But we filmed, I thought we included it somewhere, but we're in the, there's just garbage everywhere. And we're getting ready to film this scene. And we said, hey, look at Frank. And he had this big stick and he was throwing rocks up and hitting them like baseballs. And we just stood there and watched Frank Newsom hit rocks with this piece of wood it was anyway so that let that was an opening to one of the nights of the show it was so great it was well received at thomas and uh here's another bit thing that i have to do you know commercials and a lot of times i will not plan anything i just go let's see what happens in this particular instance, I kind of got stuck with about a three-minute commercial. I knew it was coming, but I, I didn't know what to do. So I told the guys, put the, uh, you know, it's a video board on top of the stage, that shark cage. I said, just put the pool up and I'll, I'll do some synchronized swimming, something. I was, if you watch this clip, I was completely vamping. Like I was completely almost stuck like, all right, this isn't going real. I don't know where I'm going to go. I knew I'd be okay, but I, this is one. I didn't know where I was going, but I got surprised by my good friends here. Take a look today. What's that? Was the fact that we are lucky enough to this year at the world finals to have an above ground pool. <laughs> it's like we're in Oklahoma. <laughs> I got to think about that. We're not highfalutin enough to have a regular pool. We have an above ground with a deck built around it. 
Same thing. Right. Did you, right. Did you guys I you? Listen, I thought about you today when I went to Bass Pro Shops. Clint set steps And I bought here. this for you. You did? Because I want you to have fun, my man. All right? Just, I don't think I can throw it all the way over there. It's not going to go right. very far. Yeah. Clint can't no. throw. As far as I can go. You're yeah. no so, Raleigh Fingers. That's So no, he that's kicks true. it off. Clint kicks that's it true, off that's just by for throwing you, buddy. that in there. Okay, I want you to know that I went to pool shops all over, and they're all closed. Okay. I could not find... Goggles. I wanted a, a swim cap. I wanted whatever. Right. What? I couldn't find anything that had to do with the pool Watch because apparently surprise. it's Watch. all in the. Are you? True. Hey, did I you guys change coming. your mind on the synchronized swimming thing? Here they come. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I did not know. I did not know. Come on up. They went and bought those. You gotta watch. Get it. Oh! <laughs> Come on, Frank. Come on, Frank. Dive right on in. <laughs> my, my pelican's deflated. I've used that before. <laughs> By the way, that's too, a resident. flamingo. I had... Sorry, I was standing. Okay. I had no idea they were going to do that. <laughs> they had to get back to. There we go. I'd look a lot better if I had a Speedo on right now. Come on. I'm not in that position. I'd uh, look a, a lot one, better Matt. if I had a drink in this. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. See, we weren't back from commercial yet, so we just kept going. There's just kept blood going. in the bloody water. It's a big, bloody, great white. Notice I couldn't break character swimming. You can't just. You don't you swim go. very fast. No. <laughs> I'm from Montana. The water doesn't thaw much. Uh, I think that's a great, that's a great make it up as you go. So young guys, young people watching are asking, I, I guess what I'd ever tell people. I, I don't know. I don't know that everybody can do that, but you have to be able you have to be able to play off what's going on. And, like, I had no idea those bullfighters went and bought the inner tubes. That completely saved me and one of, was one of the most popular things of that week. It must have been the 2016 because the sign said the two all-new 2017 Super Duty. So it was one or the other. Yeah. That was... We were in, we were in T-Mobile, so it might have been the first year we were in T-Mobile. So, anyway. Not important. It was a while it was a while ago, but kudos to those guys. The one thing that, you know, Shorty, Frank, Jesse, Cody, what a team. Like, what a four-person team back then with those guys. And they concentrated hard on their jobs, but they weren't afraid every once in a while to jump in and have a little fun with that. And that meant a lot to me. They, they, and I remember telling them, you guys saved my ass there. You guys, we'd have been okay. But they sure made the day a lot better. So that is called vamping, and you just keep going and work your way out, and you get a little help from your friends, Clint Atkins and Matt West there. So, But there's also those times where during the week, you know, people have said, where do you get your material? And I say, you pay attention. And you pay attention to little things, not necessarily that stand out as comedy, but things that you can twist and make funny and I think that's a 
it's a hard thing, but it's always been something I've really enjoyed. In Vegas, I used to make fun of how people walked across the street with an armful of bags, uh, how they were at the buffet. There's so many things that, that are in front of you. And I had a little something still at Thomas and Mac Arena in this clip. I had a little something happened with the law, but made it funny. Here you go. I pulled in in the back tunnel here in the back kind of VIP parking where all the staff parks. And I pulled in and the security guy stopped me. And I said, I have a all access. Can I park here? He said, you cannot. I said, are you sure? He said, no, this is for like important people like in production and TV and stuff. Important you got to park over there. So I turned around, I backed my car up, and I parked in the row of cars back here, way down there, where the security man told me to park. And then last night, can I get a zoom in right here, please? Because I would <laughs> like to show you. True. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is how you know you've hit the big time. It is. When you stand in front of 12,000 people and entertain their pants off and get a parking ticket for doing it. And if you think, if you think I'm lying and it's just an envelope, thanks UNLV, <laughs> 20 bucks. That'll help buy lunch for a basketball player. And then I so, went, hey, wait, I looked I would down. like to, keep following me. I would like to take this opportunity for everyone who doesn't know our VIPs in the organization of the PBR, I would let this moment like to introduce you to our CEO, Sean Gleason. There you go. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's right. And I'll tell you. Hey, Sean, congrats hey. on the new parking oh. ticket. Congratulations. Nice job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What am I gonna do if they don't if I don't pay it? It's a rental. <laughs> Some guy. That's a No, no, no. I know exactly what'll happen. That's attached to your driver's license. And next year you'll come here. You'll do something minor. And oh, guess what? You'll go to jail because right. they'll put a bench warrant out for yeah, your Brandon, arrest. The great Brandon. And you Bates. and the thought of you in jail. <laughs> Bates was so good. He could be so good. You're well versed in the process, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> I was thinking it would attach to the car. Next week, some guy from Iowa coming to the Elton John concert gets slapped with one. Yeah, right. What do you get slapped with when you come to Some lady coming to the thunder from down under. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Bates was good. Bates and Clint together. Brandon was, at the world finals, he seemed even better. Randy Schmutz used to be really good, too. But you need... You need a little bounce back. Like there's times, and Clint Atkins knows this, that when I'm talking, Clint will take the opportunity to turn around and talk about things. And Clint knows I hate when he turns his back to me because I think it's a it's the old school before we had microphones. Everything went clown to announcer to crowd, clown to announcer to crowd. And I think the interaction between the performer, the entertainer, the clown, whatever, that that interaction is needed to put the crowd at ease. I don't know what it is, but I think it's a very necessary part of the show. Now, there are times I just go up and talk to people, but, but if you pay attention, for the most part, it goes through the announcer 
uh, the announcers and that relationship is formed and that if that's not a good relationship, then it just doesn't seem to click. And now, of course, you work in music directors. As you can see uh, in T-Mobile, Mark Stevenson was there, worked with him for years, Chuck Lopeman before that, and now it's Ben Richard and Brad Narducci. So that is another part. And if you notice... <clears throat> Um, music people watching during uh, those the two clips that I have shown with the pool and with the parking ticket and the one I have coming up they step out there is no effects there's no you need a clip of a song here to to somehow enhance it not needed and that's the those good ones like uh, the two you've seen so far were Mark Stevenson and he was the best at, he knew, he knew when I needed him and what I didn't, and it wasn't necessary there. And he let us step, he stepped back and let us do what we do to entertain the crowd. And like I said, it happens in this next one. Now, uh, every once in a while, something falls in your lap. I used to do a bit of material during the saddle bronc riding at a lot of the big rodeos I did, places like Reno and Ellensburg are ones I remember very well. But during the saddle bronc riding, I could just fill in between horses and it worked as I filled the space. But I tried it at a couple PBR events and I knew coming up at this show, I had a four minute empty commercial. I don't create these breaks. Keep that in mind. Like the parking ticket thing. I, I was, TV was not waiting on me. I was waiting for TV to come back from commercial. I do not create these breaks, so when they're at commercial, it's up to me to fit something in those breaks. They're not going to wait for me to say some punchline. So I'm fitting all this in, and this was one I knew I had a four-minute commercial break, and I had a couple things in the Rolodex that I thought about doing. And lo and behold, the last bull rider before the break was an Australian, before the commercial break was an Australian. And... His rope landed right in front of the shark cage, Thomas and Mac. And we did not do any, hey, we'll be right back. Hey, here's the top five so far. Clint Atkins and Brandon Bates knew that I was on to something. They saw where I was going and they just stepped back and let me take us to commercial, back in from commercial and with help from them. I think if I had to pick one, I mean, I know there's kid rock songs, there's different things. If I had to pick one planned bit of material to fill an entire commercial break, I think this was the best four-minute performance of my career at the PBR World Finals. I think it's classic. Here you go. The arena. Check it right there. I see it. That, that cowboy's from Australia. I don't know if that's a rope, it could be a snake. Crikey's, have a look at him. <laughs> have a look at him. Have a bloody look at I him. I can see him. I just really like to say that. Thank have you. a bloody look at him. Danger, danger, danger. Stop. It's, a, it's the dreaded Australian bull snake. Right. It's up. Let's get a closer look. He's got a big old head on him. 
It's a male. It's a bloody male. How do you know? know. How do you know that it's a male? He's got a big old bloody bell on him like that. I wanted to say ding dong, but I couldn't say ding. Most of them have two big old bells. This one's obviously deformed. Get it? Once in a while, you can get a hold of it. What's another one? Shorty threw a flank. It's a bloody female. You. No bells. And I know this is going to be terrible, but just go with me. It's a bloody, watch her big head. The females, extra mean. extra mean. I know it's a female. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, you. <laughs> We'll leave the female be. We got to subdue the male. Back in, in the, in the down mouth. under. Yeah. When I was with the Aborigines, they taught me how to subdue the big male bull snake. How do you do you that? You can distract him and take the air out of him. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't take that. I got him. He's a, he's a strong one. He bit me. It's like watching somebody else for me. Now what? Jesse, you're the youngest man here. Come here. Jesse was young then. That's true. Oh. Beef, those are great shoes. I'll explain that. Jesse, you're Canadian, so I know you'll do anything for money. <laughs> I'll give you $5 American if you bite me wound and suck the venom out of it. If you look, David Fournier <laughs> told the guy to. Anyway, that's all that's I got. All there it is. <laughs> <laughs> What's cool is right when I asked him to bite the wound and then he hit me with his hat, David Fournier is the shoot boss. Him and Jerome Robinson are standing in the background and you can see him send the bull rider. All right, let's go. Can you, can we, let, I, I want to show you. So this is how it worked. The commercial had just ended. If you Watch bite him me in the background. suck the venom out of it. Jerome says, let's go. TV's back. He sends the next guy. He crawls over the fence. Bam. Breaks over. Sell it back to TV. That's all I got. There that's, it is. That's the best commercial break I've ever had at the PBR World Finals. Ever. It's the best I've ever. It, it, the timing where they send the bull rider. Jesse. If I could recreate that, that everybody says, what's your best moment at PBR World Finals? That break right there. That it was, my mind was in a spot rolling where I just kept creating things. Like I didn't, I didn't know <laughs> he's got a big bell, the female. I didn't know any of that was going to happen. It just, some days your brain just clicks things are good in your life things are 
you're rolling and it was a huge crowd. I think it was a, a Friday or Saturday night at Thomas and Mac. That's, that's just, um, you know, that, that's how we do our job. That, that's what you're supposed to do. That was, uh, that was just fun. And like I said, so, oh, by the way, there's one spot I go. Those are great shoes. Well, before the show, Jesse wore purple. So he breaks out these new shiny purple shoes. And we are raving about him in the locker room. Oh, my God. We'd be, we were getting ready, and I'd just randomly look over and go, oh, my God, those are great shoes. And he'd, shut up, you guys. Do I not wear them? He was, like, fighting his hand, like, oh, no. Those are freaking great shoes. We just all night. And then in the arena, hey, hey, those shoes. How's your shoes? And so I'm laying there, and I hadn't planned it. And I'm like, the snake bit me. And Jesse walked up, and I looked. And the first thing I saw was those shoes walking to me. And the only thing that popped in my mind was, damn it, those are great shoes. <laughs> so it worked. Good. Oh, what a classic. Um, you know, the, the Kid Rock song I rewrote, there's been, we've done the wave at the world finals. We've, we've just done a lot of great things. And when I say we, I mean me and, uh, you know, whether it was Mark or, or Brad or Richard or Chuck Lopeman with music, we've got the crowd involved. What our goal, our goal is to have fun. Our goal is to create fun. And therefore it's contagious. So the crowd has fun. We've all been to those performers. I recently was a kind of a part of, but attended a, a concert here at home. That is, a, I think, one of the hottest country music performers in the country, Ian Munsick, who happens to also be a friend. He creates so much joy. He doesn't stand there and sing. He gets the crowd involved, and when he does sing, he creates joy with his lyrics or sentiment with his lyrics. Whatever it is, he brings the crowd, gets them involved, and that's what good performers do, and that's what our job is as announcers, music directors, lighting guys, um, bullfighters when they can step in. So there are goals there. Even if our my mind is clear and I don't have things scripted, there is a goal there, and we hope that through the years we have brought that to you. And I hope through the years that through all of the 26 now PBR World Finals that I've come to, that when you come, you know you're going to see great bull riding, but you also know you're going to see a show and you're going to have fun. And I hope that this year at my final, and once again, 26 PBR World Finals, I hope I still have that ability to bring you that joy and bring you the fun and bring you the moments. Who knows? I have no idea what moments will be created at the PBR Finals, but I hope some of them are half as good as the three clips from world finals from in the arena that we brought you there. Um, we will have more episodes, of course, as we head into the summer and the, the team series, but just wanted to do some of this as we head into the PBR world finals. And as you watch it, maybe they've already happened. Maybe you are watching it uh, as this comes out on the very first day, the PBR world finals and the 30th season of the PBR. So thanks for joining me this week. We will see you next on episode 70. Thanks everybody.